I think that's that's kind of the best part of it. You're not only developing the goalie, you're you're helping to develop the person. And I think that's yeah. just as important, if not more important. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the podcast 100% dedicated to the best position in sports. It's the lacrosse goalie. For all you lacrosse goalies, all you lacrosse coaches, all you lacrosse goalie moms and dads out there, this is the show for you. And on this show is my job to track down the best goalies, the best coaches, the best athletes in our sport, interview them, find out what makes them so great so you can use that in your own game. That is the premise of the show. And today we have a treat for you. It is Casey Keenan, the assistant coach for the Cal Bears out of the MCLA. Keenan grew up in Pleasant Hill, California, so it's awesome to chat with not only a fellow Bears alumni, but a Bay Area guy just like myself. He played his high school lacrosse at De La Salle High School, where he was an all-e-ball goalie, leading, leading those Spartans to their first NCS. It's a North Coast Section Championship in 2008. He continued his stellar career going to Berkeley, as I mentioned, where he was named 2012 WCLL Defensive Player of the Year, as well as an MCLA All-American. He's been the assistant coach for the Cal Bears for the last five years. And in this episode, we talk about his trajectory of being a goalie, how he started, how he ended up at Cal, how he got to that level of being an MCLA All-American. Awesome, awesome conversation. We also talk a little bit about recruiting, about how uh, somebody who is interested in playing for those Cal Bears might go about doing so. Great conversation with the assistant coach of Cal. Please enjoy this chat with Casey Keenan. Before we start this conversation with Casey, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own Lax Goalie Rat Academy. First and foremost, I want to thank all the goalies that came out and attended the virtual lacrosse goalie summit last week. It was amazing. 16 coaches offering different coaching sessions, everything applicable to the lacrosse goalie. If you thought that was great, wait until you see my Lax Goalie Rat Academy, which is an online source for goalies who want to get better, who goalie, goalies who want drills, who want technique, who want to learn the mental game. It's all included inside that academy. There's over 100 videos, uh, and those who have gone through the academy have said nothing but amazing things about how it gave them inspiration, how it gave them the knowledge that they needed to be an elite goalie on the field and a leader of their team. You can check it out. It's just 40 bucks a month at laxgoalierat.com slash goal, at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. Enjoy the show. Hit me. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Casey Keenan on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast, a former Cal goalie like myself. We got a lot in common. Uh, now the assistant coach at Cal. Casey, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I always like to start with that story of your very first time being a goalie do you do you remember that i i remember it well uh so lacrosse was very new in the bay area uh this was around like 2003 2004 and they just established um a more expanded program for la marinda lacrosse which was has turned into a pretty prominent club but they uh but the only way you could really guarantee to get on a team if you hadn't played before because they had limited spots was if one of your parents signed up to coach so my mom actually signed up to be like the conditioning coach for the, the seventh grade B3 team. And two weeks into it, we had our first scrimmage coming up and we hadn't had a goalie the entire time. And because my mom was the coach and they couldn't really convince anybody else to do it. She was like, you need to get, you need to get in the goal. Like we need a goalie or we can't play. So they gave me some just like pads they found in the back of a closet somewhere. And we played like the best team in Northern California at that time, which were the, the Diablo Scorpions. And I just got shelled just absolutely <laughs> demolished 
a lot more experienced talent, whatever. And then the second game we played, I actually did all right. And still no one had volunteered to kind of like rotate through. So I, I just kind of kept the goalie pads on. And then the next year they, uh, I tried out and I made the, the A team for the, the eighth grade La Marinda program. And then ever since then, it's always been like, you know, going to high school, like, Hey, we need a goalie. Like this guy's coming in. Like, you know, cause goalies were very, very rare in the Bay area at that point yeah. in time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was like every, every summer camp, every, you know, single activity involving lacrosse, they always needed a goalie. So people were giving my number away and, uh, and I just got to, to meet a ton of great people and, uh, really just learn to love the position. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm also from the Bay area myself. I grew up, you know, in Santa Rosa, like North in the North and I, and you're right. Like it, when I grew up, uh, I went to, I graduated high school in 99, like there was no lacrosse, you know, organized lacrosse. Uh, and it's just been amazing to see how much it's grown uh, in the area. But, but I know exactly what you're saying, how like during that time when I started playing like summers, my college, I would get so many phone calls. Cause they're like, Hey, we're, you know, we're playing a pickup game and we need a goalie. And so like goalies were in very high demand because it just wasn't, there wasn't many of us at the time. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it, it was a luxury because I got to, I got to play with every team in the area. Cause somebody was always yeah. like, yeah, we have this club team, but our guy can't make it. Do you think you can come down to Monterey or, you know, and play at the Robert Louis Stevenson camp or, you know, can you go to the SI camp, you know, at Fort Ord or, yeah. whatever it was. So, you know, Pete Worstel's California gold and all that kind of fun stuff. There was always, there was always something to do. So it was, yeah. it was great as this, as the sport got more established in the area. Yeah, absolutely. So then, you know, how did you uh, go about learning the position? how did you, you know, actually learn how to make saves apart from just getting, you know, just stepping in there and, and, and seeing the rubber. Well, uh, unfortunately, you know, coaching was thin to say the least uh in the area but i mean there were there were some guys who were you know we'd have guys come in from back east who were at camps who you know would give a little bit of instruction i mean in all honesty you know the the way that you did it at that point was you just got in the goal and you just got as many shots in as you possibly could from as many quality players as you could find who wanted to shoot on you and you just kind of developed some technique i mean the amount of resources that guys have now where you can go on instagram you know like yeah. the like the the goalie smith guys you like you know people are just giving away gold in comparison to what what was available you know right. back then um yeah. but it's it's uh it was something where you kind of got in and, and you know every coach would be like all right be in an athletic position you know have your back at this kind of angle you know to to mm -hmm. make sure you're standing tall and not giving up too much goal you know, make sure you're not dropping your hands. It was kind of the basic stuff that was kind of taught throughout those camps from, from people who had mildly been around the position, but no one, I didn't really have a coach until I think my, my high school career kind of took off and then a dedicated goalie coach my senior year at Cal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what, uh, like, you know, every goalie kind of plays a little bit of a, you know, of a different style just in terms of, you know, like their stance and, and their arc play and kind of how they attack the shots. Like, how would you, how would you describe your style uh, of play? So I like the, you know, the, the limited coaching I got was, you know, the traditional five point arc, you, mm -hmm. were, you were kind of playing a, a midpoint between that, you know, like Navy style triangular, like stopping everything out at the top of the crease and you know just the lateral along the along the pipes mm -hmm. um and so i was i was definitely you know kind of a middle of the road kind of guy but it was right around the time where um most fields were transitioning from grass to turf so yeah. it it had been that you would you know guys would say you know or our coaches would be like okay play the high arc on the grass and then you can kind of back up into your the more traditional five point arc if we're playing on turf because you didn't have to kind of attack those, those kind of slippery bounces on, uh, on the grass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, wh where did you guys play your, your home games at, by the way, when you were at Cal? For Cal? Yeah. We were, we were on Maxwell. So we were on the field okay. hockey turf. We were on the, you know, you were wearing the moon boots with the, like the pebbled cleats and, yeah. uh, it was, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. So, time. So I don't know when they, they redid that field, right? And renamed yeah. it to be Maxwell. And it used to be called Kleberger. 
Yep. And we played at Kleeberger and Kleeberger had this turf that was like the old, like worn down to the wire. Like you could see the wires in a lot of parts. And I remember diving for a shot one, one time in a game and just like getting the most intense double road rash, like on both of my, my forearms. But the interesting thing about that to, to the point you were making is like for the first like half of the game, people's bounce shots, they would go like twice this, like 12 feet you know, cause yeah. the, it was like shooting on a rock. And so like for the first quarter, at least I'm like, all right, if they shoot a bounce shot, like it's probably going over. So I'm just gonna, you know, not anticipate the bounce shots, <laughs> but they, they redid Maxwell and it's actually, it, it, it's a pretty nice field. It is, we played a few games on there. It's, it's the, now it's like the traditional kind of like uh, artificial grass style turf. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was always an advantage, at least just like you're saying for the first couple quarters because no one could figure out how to bounce it. Right. But then, also, everyone wore tennis shoes because they didn't have the field-specific cleats. Yeah. So they were just everybody who was running or you know trying to cut or whatever. Just a leg was you know a leg was sliding out, and you know they they'd hit the turf, and then it would be a scrap for a ground ball. And we we gained a lot of uh, advantage, um, even though I think most guys ended up with with shin splints by the end of the season playing <laughs> and practicing on that field. Yeah, I was always trying to convince um, football players that like we're done playing that but we're still finishing up their degree to come play lacrosse, you know, like yeah. cl club sport and like, hey, man, just come around and you could, you know, if you got like a, a kid that was like six, three, six, four and like knew how to hit like he could do some damage. But all of them were like, yeah, I can't play on that turf, man. It's, it's yeah. my knees. It, it just kills my knees. I can't do it. We, so. we had one, I, this was kind of the, the gap between finishing playing and then, um, and then starting coaching, but we had a guy uh, who had, who had done the same, he, he'd been a, I think he was a, he was a D end or he was a tackle, but he was like six, seven, you know, 260 pounds or something along those lines. But yeah, we, we had him play defense and you couldn't, he couldn't swing the stick or hit anybody because they just crumpled. Everybody was half the size of him. So every, every single play was a flag. Yeah. So we always yeah. had that trouble. We were like, this is great. But also we got a, like he was, you know, he was kicked out of every game because he had so many penalties in playing, you know, like five minutes or whatever it was. Just too big, just too big. So, well, awesome. Uh, what would you say, um, you know, was, was your favorite part about being uh, a lacrosse goalie? Um. I, you know, I think the the thing that I enjoyed the most was it's a really isolated position. There's, you know, you're you're kind of doing your own thing, and you're you're really responsible. Especially where I was, where there wasn't a lot of individualized coaching. Like you're mm -hmm. kind of creating your own program as to how you want to improve. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that like the more that I studied the game, and the more you know, effort that I put into practicing, like that would have, that would pay dividends, you know, because it was, it was just me. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I think the, the immediate kind of tangible results you would get from, from actively finding someone to go shoot on you or, you know, working on your clearing passes or whatever it was, I thought there was a lot of uh, the, the results um, were pretty clear if you put in the effort. Yeah, uh, and so I really appreciated that. But I also like the the individual nature of it. I ran cross country when I was in high school. You know, there's something about just being in a position where you know it's 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 one on one. I mean, when the shooter has the ball, it's just you and them. You know, mm -hmm. if they if they wind up, you're you're the only line of defense. You know, barring a deflection or something along those lines. But I, I liked that nature where there was a lot of pressure just on that that individual role to kind of help the greater team. Yeah, that was one of the things that I liked the most. Yeah, I like that too. I um, I was a wrestler in high school. I was like my main sport, and it's kind of a it was it was so I had I had a, a good taste of that in high school where you know it's all it's only on you, right? And it, and if you don't put in the work, then you only have yourself to blame. Uh, but if you do, like, and you get those results, then you know you you can wear that as a badge of honor. And and in many ways, yeah, lacrosse is a team sport. Uh, but like you said, like there's only one goalie. Right. And, and we've got a job to do. And if you put in that work, it's, it's awesome to see the results uh, and making saves, making saves is, is just such an amazing feeling. <laughs> there, there aren't many better feelings than making, than making a save. I mean, I've, you know, I've played the other positions you know, like my, like briefly and, you know, summer tournaments yeah. and all that kind of fun stuff. But like, you know, you can score a goal and you feel pretty good, but if you stuff somebody on the, on the doorstep, you feel, 
you feel like a champion every time. Oh, totally. <laughs> Do you have like one save that comes to mind that's like your absolute favorite? Uh we we played so in high school so i played for a de la salle high school oh, okay and, and we played against monta vista in our our first in my junior year in this in our second ncs championship and there was a play at the end where i didn't get a clean save but i made a deflection and then i beat the attackman out at, on the end line mm. to, to gain possession. And yeah. we had, I think there was like 45 seconds left and then we were able to clear the ball and that was the game. And I think that's probably still up there in, in the ranks of one of my favorites. Yeah. As well. So that, was, you, that ended you, up being our first, the first time our, our team ever won the NCS championship, which was the, the section title for, uh, for our league. Right, right, right. So you like got a piece of it and then like chased it out um and and oh man that's awesome yeah that's a good feeling and this was like this was like pre you know this was pre quick whistle so like you know you there was a lot more opportunity for you to just get out behind the cage and try and beat an attackman because the refs had to yeah. wait for you to get settled back in the crease so that was one of my one of my favorite things was just to be able to like you know pass ball you get a tip something like that and attackman's not paying attention you just you get after it and you uh you create an opportunity for your team by getting some possession awesome Awesome. So, uh, so you went to De-, De La Salle and did you always have like visions of playing lacrosse in college or did you kind of like decide like, I'm going to go to Cal and then we'll, we'll see, or what, how did it, how did it unfold for you? Um, at the time I wanted to, I, I was, I wanted to go to a, you know, a, a D3 school or like a, a small, you know, D1 school that I could, I could go and play at. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have the, the insane visions of grandeur that I could make it on, you know, a, t- a top tier D one team, but I was, I was pretty, you know, realistic and in, in where I thought I could fit in. And then, you know, I applied to a couple of those smaller D one Ivy league programs who have since a couple of them have greatly improved since I was potentially, you know, going to play on one of those teams. And then a couple of, um, higher tier D three teams. And, but then I got into Cal, um, I'm, I'm from the Bay uh, you know, it was, it, it was one of those situations where my folks were like, you know, you don't have to go a million miles away to be, you know, to, to create a new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Cal was, you know, the number one public university in the world. And so I, it was really hard to turn down, especially, you know, if it was a, a lesser known D3 school that I'd applied to or, or, you know, something along those lines. So I decided to go with Cal. Um, they were, you know, they'd, they had an established program. I knew I was going to be playing high level lacrosse, even though it wasn't going to be NCAA sanctioned. It was in the MCLA, but I was, uh, I was excited about it. Um, and, and, you know, I can't, you know, I have no regrets for the quality of education and the, the, um, connections I've made, the friendships I've made from, from going there. Yeah, me neither. Um, and I have, uh, I mean, I've talked about tons on this podcast, so I, I had such an amazing experience at Cal, both, you know, the education, um, you know, going to a public school, I didn't come out with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. It was, it was more manageable. Um, and then, yeah. And then the the, the lacrosse experience was just tremendous. Um, so did you like your recruiting experience? Like, was there one, did you kind of reach out and say to the coach, um, at the time and say, Hey, I'm thinking about coming. Can I come check out the team? Or did you just kind of show up and, and day one of practice and be like, all right, let's do it. So I, I played uh, box lacrosse uh, at the Bladium in Alameda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually the coach for Cal at the time, Steve Dini, was running the league. And so we'd connected a few times about that. And, and I, was, I was like, I'm really interested in Cal, you know, among other schools. And then we had a recruiting weekend um, that I was invited to come along to. And that just kind of sealed the deal. Um, we went to the, the, or- the Cal Oregon State football game, um, where Cal ultimately blew it at the end. I think Kevin Riley threw a pick or we missed the, the field goal on a, on a short one. Um, but it was a brutal game, but it, like the weekend itself was, was amazing. I know exactly what game you're talking about. It was yeah. like, we were, um, so we were, I think, I think if this is the game, if I remember properly, like we're, we're driving down, we're down by a field goal. Right. And we're like driving down and we have the ball on like 
the 10, you know, and you're thinking, all right, like at least we're going to tie the game. And yeah. then like we completed a, we completed a pass at like the, the two yard line and we had no timeouts left and the clock just ran out. Is that, yeah. is, is no, that that's the one exactly you're talking about? Yeah. And we're so like, was that what? we were just we everyone lost. was dumb, but I was having a great time. I met all these fun, like cool people, and and I, you know, I was I was really enjoying myself. And everyone was like, oh, go bears, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. one, another one down the drain. Yeah, awesome. Um, cool. So then you get to Cal, and um, what was the like the goalie situation when you got there? Like you weren't instantly the starter. Like how, how did the team how did the team look when you first got there in in 08, Right. Yeah. So we had, so we had another guy, Forrest Cheney, who was a year older than me. Um, and still, still one of my best friends to this day. Um, and we, we were battling it out. He was, he was a very, very capable keeper. Um, and I'd never, I'd never actually been in a role where I was competing against a guy every day. Mm -hmm. It would all, it had always really been me. And, and I had, and like, I'd had, I'd had a backup, um, in high school for several years, but we were, it was, my role had kind of been established at that point. So I never really felt right. like somebody was breathing down my neck. Yeah. And this one, it was just, we were neck and neck the whole time. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of split, you know, the years that we were there together, it was kind of a back and forth. Like there were games where, you know, it'd be a little streaky and we decided to make a switch to that. I'd, I'd take the next game and, you know, I'd, I'd have a few, you know, I'd have a game where I played well, but then the next one was a little less consistent. And so we make a switch. So the first year was, it was a little bit back and forth. And then I think he took over more of my sophomore year, um, his junior year. And then the following year, it was back to that kind of head to head. And then my senior year, he he graduated and I, and I took over as the, the mainstay. Yeah. Um, was it, um, was it like, would you say your goalie game changed at all when you got to Cal? Yeah, I would. I, I think the I think the thing about high school that kind of transitioned and, and the level of play now at you know the middle school to high school level is just unbelievable. The quality of players and coaching that they can that guys can get now yeah. where they're you know shooting clinics and you know changing you know the way the mechanics are built on these guys. You know everything was pretty much low <laughs> in in middle school through high school, barring a few pretty quality players. And yeah. getting to getting to college, it was like there's a whole there's a whole different there's a whole step change of play. Um, and so my my game, which had been a lot of like, you know, baiting guys to guys to keep keep it towards my feet. So like a taller stance and trying to get them to bring it down towards my feet. Um, mm -hmm. It kind of had to change where I was at more of a, a midpoint stance where I had to be ready for both. Um, I couldn't really play as many mind games as I as I had, in, you know, in high school or or middle school even. Um, yeah. And so it was just, you, you had to be a little bit more um, capable on, on the top and the bottom of the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. The level of play has gotten so much better. I mean, I bet there's high school teams right now that probably could have given our team at Cal, like a good run, a good run for the money, you know, cause like the level of the play has just improved that much, um, which is awesome. It's awesome to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about like when you, when you look at like the, some of the pros or I guess maybe some of the top guys in the game right now, like who do you kind of really look up to? Who do you really like enjoy uh, watching play like their style? I mean, there, I mean, there are so many guys that are just, you know, unbelievable in, in what they do. I mean, like the, you know, the top guys right now, you know, Kyle Burnlor, Jack and Cannon, Blaze, like all those guys are just so fun to watch because the, the kind of difference between, I think, watching guys like Tillman Johnson and Matty Russell and Jay Pfeiffer and, and that kind of era where like, you know, the first like organized lacrosse I saw was the 2004 national championship like at that, at that level, I was, mm -hmm. our, our, our team actually skipped out on the playoffs and went to that game. And so that was like the first time I'd seen NCAA lacrosse minus the national championship where Tillman Johnson played in 2003. And then to watch it now where these guys, you know, this set and see mentality where they're just waiting, you know, and just getting in their position and just waiting and watching hands and watching mechanics and anticipating where these guys are going to shoot because of the amount of quality reps they've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 
it's a totally different style of play, but I just, I, the way that they're able to kind of like contort their bodies to get where they need to, 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 you know, block some of these just fireball shots coming their way. (laughs) It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I, I just think the, the, um, the mental aspect of it has, has gotten as, as far improved as well, because the way these mm-hmm. guys can anticipate the, you know, the set pieces or, you know, the, the tendencies of where, you know, where the wing play is going to initiate or whatever it is. Like, that's mm-hmm. the stuff that I like to see is like, they're set ready to see that shot. Cause they've watched it on film 15 times. I mean, that yeah. you can, you can just see it in the way that they play. There's just so much preparation that's gone into it. And that's what I like. Yeah. Um, I, I think in the past, it was a little bit more like athleticism that was driven. And this one, I feel like it's not to say that these guys aren't athletic by any means. I've seen blaze run down the field and, you know, hit that, uh, hit that 15 yarder, you know, on the run. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it used to be a little bit more um, of a, of a guessing game. And I think now it's more of these guys anticipating and, and beating the shooter. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you have to, <laughs> you have to, I mean, when you like, you know, shooting 95 and just stinging corners, like in order for goalies to get the edge um, or even not even like get the edge to make it like a fair, you know, have a 50% save percentage. Like you've got to study shooters tendencies and know like, all right, in this two man game, if he rolls out of this and he shoots low odds are that's staying low, you know, just, just things like that. And kind of pl- putting the odds in your favor, something I wish we had at Cal, like, we, um, I mean, the tape that we would get would be, you know, like some dude at the VHS camcorder, like sitting on a hill. Um, <laughs> you know, I, do you guys use tape analysis now in the program we, at Cal? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a pretty extensive um, film study um, where we'll do some film of, we, we film every practice in every game. So we do oh, have nice. tape of, yeah. of all of the actual practices and, and games that we're, you know, a part of, but then we'll do like, you know, it's amazing what you can do with a cell phone now where you just pull your cell phone out, you know, put it on the ground and you can, you can film, you know, a specific drill or trying to read a specific tendency and just pull it up, you know, replay and and show your guy like, Hey, dropping hands when you're, you know, you're coming across the crease. Like we need to make sure this is staying at eye level or, you know, this you're dragging this back foot or whatever it is, or just, or just in general, like your feet are heavy, your, your, you know, you're out of position when you're getting to this point on the, on the arc, cause you're getting lazy, whatever it is, you know, we yeah. have the ability to, to do that, you know, in practice, you know, just instant replay. So that's been a, that's been a huge factor. And then, you know, putting together reels where we're seeing um, our, our opponent's tendencies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do we have an attack and then initiates on the wing and, and has a nice little hitch dodge, you know, or he's a guy at X who's rolling back and tries to get around left-handed, you know, do we have just a big, bulldodging midi up top who can kind of get through in their set and, and cause some chaos. So we have the ability to, to kind of identify what those tendencies are because we are, we'll, we'll do some film trading, um, which really helps in the, in the long run. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome that you guys do that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, parents, you know, ask me like, Hey, can you come out and like coach my kid? And, and even when I was in the Bay area, like, you know, that was kind of tough at certain times. And I'll, you know, I say like, you know, throw, get a tripod, put your camera on the tripod and like, you know, film them taking some shots and let's start there. I mean, the tape don't lie. You know what I mean? The tape doesn't lie. And so if they're making these, these things that we can correct right away, like it's, it's just so um, blatant when it's on tape, like when it's on tape, you can see those, like you said, the, the hitches or the hands dropping or not being set when uh, you know, when the being off balance, when the shot comes. Um, so all goalies should do that. I think. I agree. I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's amazing tool that, you know, even if you don't have, you know, a high level coach to, to take a look at it, you, you know, you know, self-analysis is a totally amazing thing where you can see if you compare yourself, especially, you know, if you, if you watch a guy, uh, uh, you know, Nico Amato on, on a clip on Instagram and you can mm-hmm. see what he's doing versus what you're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a 10% improvement right there. Yep. Yeah, totally. Love it. Um, cool. So then you mentioned like, you didn't have a like goalie coach until your senior, until your senior year, uh, at Cal, right. Um, how did that, 
like, was that a different coach that they brought in or was that a, um, a graduate? And then like, what, um, what did you learn from him? That was a, a different coach that came in. He was, he was coaching at Piedmont high school and, and, uh, his name's Kevin Kelly. He's actually running a nonprofit called Oval Lacrosse. So if you guys have the ability to share out, it's a, it's a program bringing lacrosse as well as nutritional counseling, uh, academic advising, all kinds of different skills to, uh, to Oakland and bringing the sport to, to as, along with a bunch of other services that are really benefiting that community. But nice. he came in, he'd been coaching at Piedmont High School nearby Berkeley. And he, it was essentially like, hey man, you're doing, you, you've been doing this for a little bit. I'm not gonna try and tweak too many things, but there are things mm-hmm. that are just, no, we haven't, nobody's talked to you about before. So mm-hmm. let's kind of hone in on those things. And it was, it was stuff just like, you know, you get tired, you're bringing your hands into your body, you're getting handcuffed it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff like you need to, we need to work on your conditioning a little bit. We need to work on your agility. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to work on, you know, when you're getting to this position, you're actually, you know, kind of dipping your chest forward a little bit too much. And we need you to stay balanced. Things like mm-hmm. that, where I just hadn't had anybody, you know, kind of talk to me about more of the, the minutia of playing the position, you mm-hmm. know, like the, the more granular stuff. And it was just good to have another set of eyes that was focused on that part of the game because you can like i said you can self-analyze and and get tape and and there's a certain percentage that you can improve there but until you have somebody with expertise kind of showing you hey you know let's let's get this left arm up or let's move this right foot to this position or whatever whatever that is um who has that experience who has that knowledge it's it's tough to to self-diagnose at the same time so there's a lot of improvements you can make with on your own but there's definitely uh, a step change uh as well from getting somebody who who is specifically focused on how to improve your own game yeah totally yeah and that's smart he didn't try to like remake your style you know i kind of like when I work with kids, like that's, that's also my approach is if I, if that, if I, uh, if they want to learn some new techniques or kind of like try some stuff out in the off season, like I'm happy to teach them like a wide base stance or like, you know, tweaking some element, but you know, I'm all about taking what they've got and just making it better. Uh, and you probably benefited quite a bit from just having like that attention, you know, cause no one like you, it's very difficult to push yourself as hard as like a coach can push you. You know what I mean? It, absolutely. I think that I think the biggest thing that he brought to it was a statistical, uh, excuse me, a statistical uh, side to it. I mean, he was oh, tracking yeah. in practice, you know, the the effective save percentage, really. So it would be like, you know, we had a we had a drill, you know, of of 15 shots, you saved seven, mm-hmm. you know, so there's and I think there was two or three that if we had made this change, or if we'd, you know, been you know, we'd anticipated that the set piece was going to come this way. And, and, you know, you, you'd known that or something along those lines, then yeah. we improved that by X amount. And so that was also another component too, is when you look at everything yeah. from a statistical perspective, you're like, you know, my clearing percentage was, you know, 650. If I get it to 700, we score another goal. Like there was, there was certain, you know, correlations that he made where it was like, if I look at it like that, I, I know that there's a change that I can make and I have to make. And, for the betterment of the team. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I love that. I love that statistical approach, but there's just no way a head coach can do that level of analysis and that level of detail. They got, you know, way too much stuff to do. So it's awesome when you can have someone else, someone else do that. Like, you know, he's analyzing every single shot, like shots in the Jenny drill. Right. And it's like, Oh, you let in four, you know, stick side stick off hip stick, uh, off stick hip, you know, so let's work on that or just, just, you know, those type of uh, stat trends, I think, I think are amazing. That's really cool. Um, what about, um, what about like goalie drills? Like what did you do back kind of back at Cal? And I know we'll, we'll talk about kind of your position now, but what, what are some of your favorite drills to do to, uh, to work with goalies? Yeah. So we, uh, we do a lot of different drills to keep it to keep guys engaged. We have a, we have a core of goalies at, you know, obviously this season we're we're not playing, but you know, last year we had four guys. So we had a, we had a luxury, wow. we had four, you know, solid keepers and um, it allowed a lot of, you know, partner activities. So, I mean, some of the ball work we've seen, but we do, we do a lot of um, 
kind of multidiscipline drills where so you'll have one of my favorites is we have a, a bag of colored ping pong balls. So mm -hmm. instead of just doing the, you know, the traditional like ping pong toss where you're trying to catch with two fingers, something along those lines, we have a color aspect to it. So you're working, you know, kind of two sides of your brain where you're trying to get to the ball, but you're also calling out the color out loud as you're getting to it. So that's, that's yeah. one component. We have another where it's similar drill where we have a bag of colored balls. We have a guy up top just holding the ball and we have a, some shooters coming down the middle and they're either splitting right or left. And you have to find the ball on the stick and call out the color while you're trying to make that save. So there's a lot of like you're you're trying to to kind of make guys ensure that they're keeping their eyes open and finding that ball in the stick and and you know focus on two things. So that way when you're in game, if you're calling out, you know, the balls, you know, we have a we have a cutter back right or something along those lines, it makes those types of decisions a lot easier to to kind of process. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're seeing a pattern, you have to call it out and then you have to make that save. So we do a lot of that. Um, and, and that's been, I think, very, very helpful. We also do a lot of multi-shot drills. Um, we're not saying that we're gonna give up rebounds. We're gonna try and make everything as clean as possible. But what we'll do is we'll have, you know, we, we normally have our, an injured player. We, just about every practice, you'll, we have an injured player. <laughs> and, uh, and so we'll put them on the crease with the ball, just a, like a pile of balls. And then we'll have myself and, and maybe one of our other coaches up top We'll, we'll have a scout specific spot we're trying to shoot from. We'll make that, sh we'll take that shot. The goalie drops the ball. And then whoever that injured player is in the middle, we'll do like a little C curl or whatever inside and just do kind of a dip and dunk shot. And so yeah. it kind of gets you in the, in the habit of, you know, making the save, we give up a rebound and then being ready for that second shot. So we'll do a lot of, of kind of multi-shot drills in that capacity. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of do some like uh, we'll we'll do this is where Instagram comes in handy because you you get to see a lot of creativity from other coaches and there was there was one where it was uh, like a tackling dummy and we and we practice in Memorial Stadium so we have all the football equipment available to us so we have a tackling dummy and then we'll have you know a goalie you know either standing and pushing it and moving it or just in you know just as passing down. And then it'll just be, you know, kind of a, a screen for the shooter. So you have to find that ball coming around the tackling dummy. The one that I'm, that I like the most that we, we might be the only school that's done this is we actually have a tackling donut. And so we have two goalies pushing this giant donut. I'll, I'll see if I can find a video for you, but we have, a, we have this giant tackling donut and the goalies push it back and forth. And it, you kind of like take skip shots through the donut, or it kind of can bounce off the top or the, you know, kind of you're coming over the. You're, you know, whatever it is, but it's just another way to kind of get guys focused on finding the ball, even if it's late coming through this donut or coming over the top or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's been one of the ways that we've done that. But then, you know, we, we pride ourselves on our agility and conditioning. So the, the last one, it, you know, is just the, um, is we do a lot of just ladder work, you know, with a, a ground ball at the end, we're picking it up and we're passing after we get through the ladder or something along those lines, or a just a basic cone drill, like four cones on the ground in a square and you're getting up, you're shuffling across and you're, and you're coming back down. So we, we have stuff like that, but I think the one that, you know, we don't necessarily do in practice, but the, the most important one, it's wall ball. I mean, that's where, that's where we get our, that's where we make our money um, yeah. is just getting on the wall. So we, we encourage our guys to get on the wall every day for at least 15 minutes. Um, and, and that really, you know, it, it is, it makes a noticeable difference in practice. Um, and an even more noticeable difference in the game when it comes to, you know, like I talked about clearing percentages is a huge component of how we're successful. Um, so those are the, that's a lot of drills and a lot of different. Yeah, that's great. Different that was great. Yeah. Game, but we, yeah. We try and vary it just to kind of get guys used to different situations and keep them on their toes. Love it. Um, I want to see it. I want to see a video of that donut. I'll see if I, I'll, <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. it comes over. Yeah. Send it to me. Uh, yeah. I had, um, I had Kyle Burnlore this last goalie summit that I just did. He did a session on um, just like some of the drills and like what goes on at his camp. And a lot of it was uh, uh, what you mentioned, like two shot, three shot drills, which I was like, wow, that's awesome. Cause I, I had never like thought of that never done that before. Um, and it's just, you know, like you said, training to, if you give up a rebound to be ready, but then also just like, you know, it's conditioning. And if I can save three shots, then yeah, like then I'm like, okay, okay, well, one seems a lot easier. And that's kind of the same concept of introducing all this stimuli 
and screens and and like they're seen a drill where you put on these glasses that make it hard to see it's like mm -hmm. well if i can make saves with all that stimuli when i remove that like guess what it's going to be a lot easier so um i'll send you access to the to all those to all those drills and videos and stuff you can you can check them out that'd be fantastic yeah yeah i, I love that i went to the first summit i uh, i wasn't able to make this last one but the first one was fantastic thank you yeah thank you it's been um man it's <laughs> just awesome these coaches really really bring it so it's kind of cool yeah you, um, you beat one of my one of my guys nick beady at, as a, at a session kind of profiling the mcla which i which i loved uh, he nailed it. He nailed it. He did. He did a uh, presentation on, uh, you know, lacrosse in the MCLA, and um, it was awesome. Yeah, it was just what what a great presentation he gave. Um, is he still there? Or did he graduate? He just graduated. He, uh, okay. yeah, he. There was potentially that class was going to come back for one more year, um, yeah. because this season was, you know, in being canceled. Wash. Yeah, and uh, and but I think it's he's kid is kid is uh one of the hardest workers i've i've ever met um but he's gonna be on his way to medical school uh this coming fall i believe nice awesome so. uh well i wish him the best yeah he was on the podcast he's awesome kid um so going back to your story so then you graduate and and did you immediately then uh start working as a as an assistant coach or how had that play out no so i uh i went straight into the, you know, the professional world. Uh, I worked for a, a couple startups in San Francisco. Um, and then those <laughs> through no fault of my own went under, um, and then, uh, transitioned to a more corporate job, uh, in, in, uh, supply chain strategy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I guess it, I guess it's six years ago at this point, which is terrifying that, time has gone so quickly but six years ago ned webster emailed me just cold email saying hey i heard you know we have our, our guy kevin kelly who had been my coach my senior year is going to transition on to you know starting this nonprofit and benefiting the the youth of oakland and uh would you be interested in coming on as an assistant coach and i was like yeah why not? Let's, uh, let's see how this plays out. Cause I I've been, you know, coaching since I was like 16 and in, in a variety of camps and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, I'd never made the commitment to coaching a program fully. Um, and you know, having a, a full nine to five job doesn't really allow you to do that, but it was just something about the program and, being, it being my alma mater and the the trajectory the program was on that just made me excited and want to want to just fully commit to giving it everything I had so you know I'd, I'd go to work and I'd you know get there you know seven or eight or whatever it was and then I'd work till you know four thirty five, and then I'd get on BART and I'd head to Berkeley and then we'd practice and you know convert you know we'd have a little coaches quorum at the after practice and then I'd get back on BART and I'd go back to San Francisco and you know do it again the next day so uh yeah wasn't it wasn't the the best it was it was a pretty uh monstrous commute but uh but it was it was definitely worth it to kind of get going with the program yeah awesome awesome i was gonna say that you know there's there's playing goalie and like being a great coach of goalies are kind of two different skill sets but it sounds like you had been been coaching actually since since a young age so would you say that like you had a lot of the the skills that naturally led you to be a good coach or was it something that you had to sort of learn on the job? I, I think it's all learning on the job. Um, I, I think the the thing about it is you, I, I think the first thing is you have to to love the sport and the position yeah. and and have some understanding of how important and, and powerful it is to a, a very large group of people. Um, and then once you're, once you have that understanding and perspective, then you can, you can work on, you know, how to improve as a coach. But I think just the passion and energy being there is, you know, 90% of it, you know, showing up, you know, having a smile on your face, being ready to go and, you know, help someone improve. I, I don't think there's many things better in the world than that. I, I would agree, especially um, at the youth level. I mean, I'm sure coaching, coaching college kids has its own, has its own set of rewards too. I've, I've, I, I work more at the youth, but just seeing their eyes like light up when they finally like get something, 
you know, like they don't know how to make saves and then you kind of teach it and then like it just click. I mean, there's nothing, nothing better than that, if you ask me. And, you know, you, it's it's the youth level. It's the high school level. I mean, it's at the college. It's at every level. I mean, if somebody can can make the connection between, you know, one skill or one level of a skill and then stringing that to the next level or, a, you know, developing a new component to their style. I mean, mm-hmm. the same the same light in their eyes pops up every time. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're a bobblehead or you're, you know, in your senior year of playing college, like the the same expression, the same aha moment is apparent everywhere. So I, I mean, I have, uh, I have a lot of respect for the guys that I've coached and, uh, and, and I think that they, you know, the, the improvements they've made, the pride that I have for that has been one of the most rewarding things as well is just is seeing how you can help develop and unlock some of those, you know, different, you know, it, not just only as playing goalie or playing the position in the sport, but just seeing them develop as leaders, as mm-hmm. more compassionate people, um, kind of in the the midst of how they think, how they're you know forming opinions, all of those those things. I think that's that's kind of the best part of it. You're not only developing you know the the goalie, you're you're helping to develop the person, and I think that's yeah. just as important, if not more important. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at Cal, I coached a, a Berkeley youth team and there was this kid that was like so shy. Like he, he didn't even say anything. And, um, I, we needed, I was like, we need a goalie. Like, does anyone want to do it? His name is Kit. And he, he like raised his hand. I'm like, all right. And then like, you know, he starts making saves and he gets that appreciation that the goalies get and everyone's hugging Kit after the game. And then, you know, you could just see like his whole person his whole, like, come come body come to life and then he's talking and hugging people and you're like wow this is amazing to see the growth that the position has given has given this kid it's just uh it's just amazing absolutely i mean the the the, i think the just that being able to witness that is reward enough for for being a coach and in whatever capacity yeah totally um, I wanted to ask about you. You made a comment that you know we we're kind of in a, a fortunate situation to have four starting goalies. Um, you know, obviously the season got washed out this year, but you know, back back when we were playing, how um, did you manage that as a coach? Because um, that could be a tough situation. You know, as goalies, like there's only one starter, and like, what do you tell that guy that's number four? You know, how do you, how did you manage that? How did you keep them all engaged? Well, I, I think kind of setting the setting the baseline of like the understanding that there is only one guy that can be on the field, mm-hmm. but the entire the the reason you're here is to get yourself into a position where you could be that guy in the field. So there's there's nothing set in stone. I mean, any guy at any point in time could be the guy that starts the next game, and we want to make that kind of the baseline of you know if you compete and you're consistent in your performance, then you could be the guy next week. So that's, that's kind of our baseline. And then when it comes to um, kind of the more competitive nature of the position, you know, goalies have a screw loose. Every, every goalie that you've ever met is a weird guy, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things, but that kind of, that kind of, you know, different way of looking at the world or whatever it is that you can't really, you can't really categorize there's some camaraderie around that by being, you know, a total psycho trying to get in the goal and stop these 95 mile an hour shots. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's some camaraderie built on that. So we try and emphasize that. I mean, it's like, you know, we're getting in the trenches, we're working hard, you know, we're taking, you know, a shot off the shin or a shot off the arm or whatever it is. And, you know, you're pushing the guy who might be in front of you or might be behind you to develop and get better. So that's what we're trying to emphasize is we're trying to just make sure that those guys know that they are appreciated, that they are improving both the guy in front of them and behind them, but the team as a whole, because, you know, if we have one guy who's leaps and bounds ahead of the other, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, on game day, we'll have somebody who we can throw in and, and be great. But in practice, if we have four guys who are studs, that makes the entire team better because they're, they're, you know, shooting against, you know, somebody who, and all of our guys, you know, we, we have one guy who's starting, but the other three guys could have started on, you know, most other teams in the MCLA. Mm-hmm. So that's the level of competition we're pushing for is just to kind of keep those guys on their toes and knowing that at any moment they could be the, the next one up. Yeah. I love that. 
I love that. Yeah, that's a great culture to have when you can like lift, lift everyone up. It's really what you're going for. You know, it's not, it's not me versus, you know, well, this guy gets the start. So I'm a loser. It, it's not that kind of attitude. It's like, let's lift everyone up and get better. And I'm going to get better because then I'm going to push that starter to get better. Um, you know, and just, and just, and by doing so I make the, make the entire team better. So I think that's, that's awesome that you're able to coach that. I, and I think it's, I mean, I think the other thing is we at Cal, when guys are coming in, I mean, we're, we're as choiceful as we can be about the quality of person coming onto the team. I mean, we, we've been, we're lucky where we have some hardworking, motivated, selfless guys who, mm -hmm. you know, they, they know what they're signing up for and they're signing up to play high level lacrosse, get a fantastic education and make a lot of friends and connections along the way. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of binds everybody together. Um, you know, it, it's not that I think in other levels of competitive play, like there's the, you know, somebody's breathing down my neck, you know, somebody's going to take my spot, somebody's going to do X, Y, or Z. And in this, it's more like, I'm coming to practice. I'm coming to the games to, to be a part of the team, to have fun, to mm -hmm. compete at a high level. Um, and if I'm the guy today or if I'm the guy next week, I'm still going to give my, my best every week that I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Like some of the, just like my best memories are just of lacrosse or being at Cal or just some of the practices and like, you know, joking around with the guys, like while you're stretching um, and it was not all fun in games. Like <laughs> I remember almost, you know, puking in, in Memorial stadium from running stadiums, but like, you know, yeah. some of the best moments that you have are just, you know, being, being with your boys out on the field. And so even if you're starting, you're not like, that's why you're there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what would you say to like a youth right now that, um, that wants to play at Cal? Um, if you could kind of talk them through the process, like, what would you, how would you, what would you recommend they do? Um, you gotta, you gotta have the grades. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the be all end all. You gotta work hard and, and get those, uh, get those grades and SATs to, you know, a, a competitive level. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're looking for talented, you know, motivated players. So the combination of those two, and then couple that with, you know, the extracurriculars that you're a part of the community at your school, lacrosse, you know, something along those lines where there's something that's making you stand out in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and then if, if you are at that level, then we're, you know, there's, there's a shot we have of, of whatever, you know, we, we we're trying to, to, like I said, bring in, you know, the best players that we can but without that baseline criteria of being competitive as a as a student because you know we're a we're a club organization you know you're getting in on your own merits yeah. so we're uh, we're trying to find the the people that are um already competitive in that sense and then it's a it's you know a bonus that they're a fantastic lacrosse player mm -hmm. so that's where that's where we're at right off the bat and then but from a lacrosse sense i mean we want guys that can play like we're not we're not looking for not to say we're not looking for people who aren't interested in the game and want to learn more it's just we want somebody who you know is considering a, a top tier d3 program or you know mid to lower end d1 program who you know has the grades can can play at the high level but they want to go the number one public university in the world i mean that's what that's what we're after we're we we know our kind of baseline um mm -hmm. but i mean if there's guys who are in that in that top tier and want to experience high level lacrosse on the west coast and have some sunshine and and go to the best school you absolutely can then yeah well we're we're more than willing to to have you you know go bears go bears go bear. huh? <laughs> um yeah that was it that's interesting you say that because we certainly like on my team we had some guys they probably could have played like D1, but we only had a couple, you know what I mean? Like by the time you get down to like the third string, they're like, you know, not, not as, not as talented. Um, all right. That, yeah, that's interesting. And like you said, like you got to get in on your own, your own merits, like clubs in the MCLA are not going to be able to pull strings to get you in. Cause your grades suck. Like you got to get in on your own. And then that's just like a starting, that's a, 
you know, if you can't get into the school, that's a non-starter. So really, really focus on that. Um, you had, you had mentioned running into Steve Dini, like during a, during a box tournament or like a box league. Um, you know, I imagine people are not going to rely on that. Should they, should they like email coach Ned Webster? Should they email you like from a very strategical standpoint? Like, how do you recommend they, they, uh, they go about doing it? Yeah. I mean, at, to the level that camps are starting up again and that you're able to play, like we have, you know, uh, Ned, our, our head coach, Ned Webster is, is attending or will be attending, um, recruiting events at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, travel is a little bit more permitted. Um, and so if, if, you do have the opportunity to get to one of those events, then um, I would definitely suggest sending him a line. And, and I think on our, on the bears website, bearslax.org, I think we have a, um, a recruiting template, a recruiting yep. framework. Yep. Uh, and that, w- that will be sent to him. So if you have the, if you are going to one of those events and want to give us a heads up, you definitely can send one that way. Um, and I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to share his email address right now, but I definitely will get his permission. We can, we can figure out how to, how to make that work. But, but yeah, I think that's a, that's another, we have, uh, we have goalies all the time who are reaching out saying, Hey, like I'm interested in the school. Is there any way I can get more information? I'm happy to field it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, pass your information on as well. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the ways that we can do that, but you know, getting out there and, and, uh, and getting to as many events as you can, um, I, I definitely would suggest that just getting some visibility and, um, because if we're not able to get there, we at least know the coaches that we, you, we can talk to, to kind of get a read on your style of play, your level of play. Um, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's on the West coast, but that's also on the East coast. I mean, we have guys who have played in just about every region in some capacity. Um, and they, they know who to talk to, to kind of understand, you know, how you'd fit into the, the general makeup of the team. Cool. So if I'm going to some camp, reach out um, on that form and just, just let, let coach know I'm going to be at that camp. At that point, do you like to see like a clip of their highlights or is it a little too soon? If they have reels, feel free to send them along. We're always, we're always willing to take a look at some, some footage. I, I'm a little bit further down the line of uh, I, I am not the filter. Uh, mm-hmm. I get the, I get the uh, kind of the, the midpoint of evaluating. Um okay. And so if you, uh, if you send a reel in, if, if you, if you get to me, then we're, we're talking some serious business. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thank you, Casey, for being so open uh, with that process. Cause I know like a lot of kids ask me um, about it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I went there in 1999. I'm th- sure some things have changed since then. Um, Cause back then, like, you know, if you were athletic, it, and like had the right attitude. I mean, you were pretty much on the team. Like we didn't have the numbers that and hadn't been built into the, to the state of the program uh, that the program is in now, which is just amazing to see. So um, keep it up. Nice work. Um, I feel like that was a good conversation. Do you think, do you think we missed anything? Uh, no, I mean, I think that was the, some of the high points. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a, I had a great time chatting and, uh, and this was, this was fantastic. Yeah. If people want to uh, learn a little bit more about you, should they, um, should they go, where should they go? Uh, honestly, you can go on Instagram and DM me. Um, okay. I, uh, at the space case, um, I'll send you my, my Instagram handle, but feel free. Um, I, I don't, I don't post a lot on Instagram, but I'm, I'm on there so we can, we can connect and I can, you know, share, share some more insight or some drills or, or whatever it is. I'm, I'm always willing to help a goalie um, you know, improve if they want to. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's the big thing for me is, uh, is if you want, if you want to, if you want to get better, you got to go out and seek it. So I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help on that journey. Love it. Um, so we're recording this March 18th. Is there any like camps or clinics coming up or is it still kind of too soon to know about those that, that, that Cal's doing? Uh, at this point in time, I don't think we have any camps clinics coming up. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of in the, the midst of the, the big pause on, on Cal lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, I, and I will be honest, I'm, I'm a little, I've been a little flaky due to my, my nine to five job as it comes to goalie workshops as of late. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back on the horse and, and get, you know, get some, get some tune-ups and some workshops in place, but it's been tough with, uh, with the pandemic and, and, you know, business commitments to, to make that happen, but I'm working on it. 
Sure, sure. Well, Casey, thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome. Appreciate it. So there you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Cal Men's assistant coach, Casey Keenan. Awesome, awesome stuff. Hope you guys learned some things that you can apply to your own game. Uh, even if it's, how do I get into Cal? How do I play for the Cal Bears, all right? Um, awesome to talk with another MCLA goalie, uh, another Bay Area native, just like myself. Me and Casey share many things in common, although if I'm being honest, I think he was a better goalie in college than I. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Lacrosse season is upon us. I hope you're out there enjoying the season, and if it hadn't started yet, I hope you're getting pumped to start playing. That'll do it for this week. As always, do well, be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.